I think it's really telling that I did this prior to my two weeks break because I was really having a hard time showing myself compassion and really even thought of it as kind of this sarcastic thing, you know, because it's it's so easy to be good to ourselves on those days where we feel on top of the world, you know, but when our self-esteem is, and life is rolling good, it's all fine. But, but let's face it, those moments are not the way of life all the time. And so we, we need to adopt that, that self-compassion so that we're treating ourselves with a lot of kindness and a lot of empathy in our not-so-beautiful moments. Welcome to the Vegan Life Coach Podcast, where we coach you to coach yourself. And now it's time to become plan empowered with your co-hosts, 25-year vegan Ella Majors and mindset master Stephanie Aguilar. Hey, hey, Empowered Vegan Lifers, Ella here with my co-host. Hey, Stephanie. Hey, Ella. I'm not sure I know how to do this anymore. It's been so long. It's been so long and I missed you so much. I've missed you so much too. But I'm so happy you had a a little vacay. I did. I took two weeks off, which I have never done. And I was very protective of that time. And I just did exactly what I wanted to do for two weeks. It was wonderful. And and how did you do that this time? Since this is not something that you have done before with the two weeks, which yeah. seems crazy, by the way, just it, if we're going to just say it, that seems crazy. It does seem crazy. <laughs> well, first of all, with my day job, I had to take this time or I was going to lose this time. So there was a bit of a push there, but I also just was very strict with my boundaries, which I'm not generally, I, I, I'm kind of a giver. I like to, I like to be involved with things. I like to give people my time and my attention. And this time I was like, nope, I need to give my time and my attention to myself. So that's what I did. And it felt weird. The first few days felt weird. I kept apologizing and it was very strange. But then I was like, I've got to put my money where my mouth is and do what I tell other people to do. That's what I was going to say, because we talk about this all the time, about self-care and putting yourself first and prioritizing your own health, mental health, physical health, everything. So when you set that boundary about not not speaking with any clients. I was actually blown away and really happy about that because yeah, you you did what you needed to do to take care of yourself and come back recharged. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I kind of come to the place where I just didn't have any more to give. You know what I mean? And and thankfully I had these 2 weeks to just charge my own batteries. Yes. So. Yes. Any highlights from your time off? Well, I got to spend so much time with my kids, which is what I really needed. And we spent some time at the Ozarks and Mm. yeah, we had, we had a really great time. I spent so much time in water. I spent most of my two weeks in my swimming suit Mm, and it was fantastic. Yeah. I needed that. Any, any vegan cruelty free products that you used along the way, because we've been doing our, our started doing our product of the week. Yes. Well, I have to say Kite Hill is my, is one of my favorite things. And they have so many great things right now out that are fantastic. But I used to make this lazy girl lasagna all the time from the sound of that. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. But I used to make it from uh, cheese ravioli prior to being vegan. And I really hadn't made it a whole lot since, since I made the transition, but they have the best ravioli. And so I could start making lazy girl lasagna, which was perfect for my lazy girl two weeks. Wow. That sounds good. I have not tried the, I saw them, but I haven't tried them yet. They're already pre-made like ravioli. Are they freezer? Pre-made, pre-made like ravioli. No, you can get them in the, the dairy case. Okay. Yeah. And for lazy girl lasagna, you put a layer of tomato sauce, which I made my own this time layer of tomato sauce, layer of uh, ravioli. And then I, I actually make a bechamel sauce from a cashews rather than mm-hmm. using cheese, put that in and then layer it up again. And oh my goodness, it's so good. So good. Oh, it yeah. sounds, I mean, literally, I think I'm going to go out and buy those ingredients and get them. And I'm so impressed. I mean, you are, we call you queen of strategy, but you're also kind of queen of sauces, if I may be so bold. (laughs) I am. Yeah. I love to cook. I love to be in the kitchen. So, and I'm kind of a foodie. So all those things combine to make me the queen of sauces. Yes. In fact, you guys listening, we are doing a five-week challenge in our Empowered Vegan Life Facebook group. If you're not in that group, get in it. We have got such a great challenge going on right now with each week doing a different, what we call build a meals. And we did uh, overnight oats and or chia pudding the first week. And this week it's build your own bowl or salad. We're trying to make this very easy. And we put your sauces, everybody got recipes of your famous sauces and dressings that are oil-free. Awesome. Yeah. People are loving that. That is fantastic. Most of the sauces and dressings that I do, I do make on a regular basis are oil-free. So, and super easy to incorporate. And do you make them like how long do they last? Do you need to make them one every week, once a week? You choose which yeah. sauces you're making for the week or dressings? Yeah. So that's part of my meal prep every week is I make two different sauces and they usually last, well, depends on how much my kids like them. If they like them, they usually last two days. <laughs> and <then laughs> I'm making another batch. If not, they usually last a week. And I and, and there's nothing that I don't have that I can't freeze. So if I get to the end of the week or if I get to the end of a few days and I know that I'm not going to use it, throw it in the freezer and then I've, and then I've got it for later. Yes. I think the freezer thing is underutilized a lot and it's so valuable. I love what my mom does because this is another way we're different. (laughs) Stephanie, you and I, why we make such good partners or what what do we usually call our, our, our couples? A couple, yeah. A couple. couple. We make such a good couple. (laughs) Is that I don't like to cook, and I can eat like chickpeas out of out of a can and be totally happy. And this is we need we need representation of all different people, and so we just do that so well. I love that, and I forgot what I was saying, but (laughs) I do have an exciting. I want to give a few shout outs. Yeah, I'm going to give a shout out to our upcoming eight week intensive Vegan Life Coach Academy members who have enrolled in our program, uh, Jennifer, Sandy, Rhonda, and Dulcie. And what I'm really excited about is that Jennifer is from or lives in the teeny little hometown of Shelby, North Carolina, where my mom was born and raised. That's amazing. Is that not crazy? I don't know anybody else who even has ever heard of Shelby, North Carolina. (laughs) It's this little Southern 
Southern cute little town. And so it was definitely meant to be. And I was like, Jennifer, I'm getting you and my mom together when this is, when this is over, because you, I'm sure, you know, people, you know, in in those small towns. Absolutely. I'm from a small town myself and absolutely same people or, you know, people that are related. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You're going to have some degree of connection there somewhere. Yes. Yeah. So we get started on this program on the 28th of August. Uh, When this comes out, that'll be this Saturday. So you guys, if you have any interest in learning more about that, uh, shoot me an email. This is by invitation only. We only work with a handful of people at a time. If you haven't listened to episode 59 of this podcast, you can uh, listen to some of the clients who have been through this program and whose lives are forever changed mm-hmm. uh, and you can hear from them directly. So don't listen to us, listen to them. Absolutely. Episode 59, we'll put it in the show notes, but yes. this week, shall we, shall we get to it? Let's do it. Let's do it. I love the title and you came up with this title. I did. And do you know why I came up with this title? I do not. Because I wrote this prior to <laughs> my two week break. <laughs> I love that. So title, if in case you didn't see it, self-compassion. Seriously? <laughs> I I love this. I love this. And it reminds me of a story uh, real quick before we get down to it from somebody I was talking to prior to them doing the program. And they were like, I don't want anybody to be compassionate towards me. I need somebody to kick my butt. And I got what she was saying. Yeah. But it this just reminded me of that conversation. And I, I think we're going to get into why that's interesting here. So, yeah. 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 What, do we, what do we got? Absolutely. Well, I, you know, I think it's really telling that I did this prior to my two weeks break because I was really having a hard time showing myself compassion and really even thought of it as kind of this sarcastic thing, you know, because it's so good to be, it's it's so easy to be good to ourselves on those days where we feel on top of the world, you know, but when our self-esteem is, and life is rolling good. It's all fine. But, but let's face it, those moments are not the way of life all the time. And so we, we need to adopt that, that self-compassion so that we're treating ourselves with a lot of kindness and a lot of empathy um, in our not so beautiful moments, you know? I do. I do. And on a scale of one to 10, Stephanie, prior to your vacation, where would you say you were on the scale of self-compassion? You know, I think I was probably hovering around a four, you know, I don't, I, I wasn't riding high on, on my own self-esteem and so much of it had to do with beating myself up over what I wasn't getting done, even though there wasn't a moment left for me. I had just packed the schedule. I had packed my own life with things for others. And I I don't feel like you can see yourself clearly when you've packed your schedule that full. Absolutely. And I don't have three children and this is my full-time job. And you have your hand in so many, uh, I don't know what the the saying, have have your hand in so many pots. pots. That's what I was going to say. 
I know you were. Okay. But then I was thinking that I always get these sayings wrong and that that (laughs) couldn't be the case, but yes, no, you amaze me. You amaze me with all you, all you do, but I am so thrilled that you set those boundaries. And I think boundaries have everything to do with self-compassion. They really do. Cause when our boundaries are squishy, I think that really points to allowing that self-respect and certainly the self-compassion to slip a little bit, you know, because we aren't really taking care of ourselves. And I certainly, uh, I certainly wasn't. I was doing all of the right things, I think, but I I really needed a break. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So I want to talk about Kristen Neff. She's a leading researcher in the field of self-compassion. Who knew there was a whole field of this? I didn't. You know, yeah, but she's done so much research in this area. And she says there's really three components to self compassion one is self kindness, the other is feeling of common humanity, and the third is mindfulness. And we talk about all of these things um, in all of our programs. First, self kindness. Let's talk about that for a minute. It's really being kind and understanding towards ourselves. So, kind of what we would offer to other people, or certainly the people that are close to us, offering that it, to ourselves as well. And instead of allowing our own inner critic to just run amok, it's really speaking to ourselves in a very loving way, as if we were talking to a friend, as if we were talking to our children. I think this one is so huge because so many of the people we work with, if we ask, what do you say to yourself? How do you talk to yourself? And there's so much beating up of oneself. There's so much nastiness when it comes down to of of talking about yourself that you would never dream of speaking to another human being that way. Right. And a lot of times we don't even realize it. It's not a conscious thought. It's but when we step back and say, oh, yeah, I tell myself I'm I'm lazy. I mean, and people say it really, you know, off the cuff, too. I'll say, oh, what's your biggest challenge? And they're like, oh, I'm so lazy. I just too lazy to, to meal prep. And I'm I'm thinking and I say this. Let's let's talk about that. Are you really lazy? Let's let's talk about what that means. What else do you do? And meanwhile, they've packed their schedule and they're running kids around and they're, you know, doing volunteer work and they've got a full-time job and they're not lazy, but that's the kind of thing we say to ourselves. And that's a very, that's one of the nicest things that we say to ourselves, but yeah. Yeah. You know, our, our minds are so adept at making things true. Mm. So if you really believe yourself to be lazy, then you're going to look for evidence to prove that being true. And you can go on with all of the criticism that you have of yourself, things that you wouldn't even say to a stranger, things that you probably wouldn't even say to somebody that's really being mean to you. Mm -hmm. And we say it to ourselves, well, then we're going to make it true. We're going to find the evidence to support whatever it is. And in that example, meal prepping. Well, I can't, I can't stick to a schedule for meal prepping. So I must be lazy. Yeah. And this is so related as well to the self-sabotage we talk about. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Because we think, oh, if only I am hard on myself and make myself be disciplined and then things are going to change for the better when it's actually the opposite. Right. You put yourself down long enough and you believe that you're not worthy. You're not good enough. There's something wrong with you. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, you know? Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. Okay. The second one, common humanity. It's really recognizing that everyone makes mistakes. No one is without a weakness and understanding our humanity is accepting that we're just not alone. And I think about this in terms of our programs, because we do use a group coaching model. And one of those reasons is, is this, that there is that sense that you're not alone, that you are unique, but your problems are not. Mm. And that produces self-compassion. I just love, I love that. I love that too. And I've, I've seen it time and time again, every, every time we run a group throughout this program. And it's interesting because when I started the group coaching, the first group coaching program back in 2015, 16, you know, I thought surely people weren't going to want to be in a group program that, you know, this was the lazy way to do things, right? And that everybody would find so much more value if they got to have that individual time with with me at that time before before you came on board. And I was honestly shocked to see how much more powerful it was for those people going through doing the group coaching over the individual coaching. It was yeah. there was no question. Yeah. There was no question. And, and not only do, do people now don't get us wrong, we, you get to be individually coached on those group coaching calls, but you're also hearing uh, from people that are struggling in similar ways as, as you are. And, you know, relating to those people and seeing that it's not just you and there's not something wrong with you, that this is common. And then learning from the coaching that they receive and being able to apply that to your own life. It's like, if there's four people on the call, you get quadruple the value. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, we can't discount the normalization that happens during those calls, you know, and realizing that, you know, you struggle in the same ways that other people do is actually very, very powerful because you realize that if you think that somebody else can overcome their struggle, then why in the world aren't you thinking that for yourself? You know? And, and there's so much research behind groups, definitely in the, in the therapy world. And I think that's, you know, it, it's the same sort of research that's, that's proving that this is the most powerful way to attack a problem. Yeah, I think you made such a good point there as well, because as, as one person in the group who started out, you know, in the same or similar position as most people starts to master some of those tools and starts to see some of these big uh, transformations and changes and shifts in their mindset and how they move through the world. And you've already related yourself to that person. It can really help you say, okay, if they can do it, I can do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I am no different. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. The third thing, mindfulness, and we talk a lot about this in our program, but being in the moment and just becoming mindful of now allows us not to become engulfed by our struggles, not become engulfed by our challenges, our difficulties, our anxiety, our uncomfortable emotions. It really allows us to put things into perspective if we stay in the moment. You know, anxiety is a future state and there is nothing you can do about the future. <laughs> you know, you can prepare, but even preparation is in the now. But anxiety is about trying to come up with all of the outcomes possible and being prepared for those. Well, that really is not humanly possible. 
So giving up that anxiety and becoming very mindful, that's where it's at. I just got really excited when you said that because I knew exactly if you weren't going to say it, I was going to say this <laughs> ephaneism with the anxiety is a future state. I, I was ready. I was prepared. If you, if you missed it, I was going to speak for you. Oh, well, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. I got another, you back. another t-shirt. <laughs> yes. Yes. We've got so many t-shirts to make. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk strategies, practical strategies. Okay. The first one, ask yourself, what do I need right now? Sometimes we're just not very good at answering that question for ourselves when we're in those moments of struggle and difficulty. So if it's in that case, take it outside yourself. And the second one then is ask, what would I do if my best friend is in this situation and how would I say it? What do I need to hear? What would my best friend need to hear? And how would I talk to my best friend and then turn it internally? You know, we're often offering so much more warmth and kindness to other people than we do to ourselves. And when we need it, we need to offer that same warmth and kindness to ourselves. So, yes. And I think a good point here also is to acknowledge that this requires a pause. And of course, those of you who, who know our stuff know that we talk about that power pause and how important that is as part of our self-empowerment coaching system, because we need that space. We need that time and that space to, to take that step back and have the opportunity to be the observer, to ask yourself these questions. Yes. And I think, you know, how do we get to that place I know cards are a great way. They seem silly, but just somebody the other day in our Empowered Vegan Life group was like, oh my gosh, this is so powerful. I want to remember it. There's so many situations throughout every day that this would be helpful to me, but I know they're just going to pass me by at this point. And so she took a picture. She wrote it down on, on a note card and was carrying it with her in her purse, in her pocket all day long. So you can whip that out at the right moment. You don't have to think too hard about it just got to make that pause and then it's right there. So finding ways to remind yourself and something that I know you recommend a lot, Stephanie, is knowing that if we miss that opportunity at the moment, that we can reflect back on it later and that can still be very helpful. Yeah, absolutely. When you're really trying to retrain your mind, it's very important to not let opportunities go. So when you realize that you have missed an opportunity, go back, reflect, because it's, it's the same restructuring that's happening, even if it's not in the moment, you're still doing it later. So it's, yeah, it's important not to, not to let that slip. Be relentless with your thoughts. Another t-shirt. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Another Stephanie t-shirt. And we have our people, our our clients journal as part of the program because writing that down, getting that out on paper, and then sharing that with our, our small and intimate group has proven to be very helpful. Yes. Yes, absolutely. The last one, invest in yourself. Do that according to your needs. So sometimes that means an afternoon away in nature or two weeks off from work. (laughs) (laughs) And other times that really means you've got to allow yourself yourself to take a really big step and do what needs to be done for your well-being and your health. Invest your time, invest your money and, and do it according to what you need at the moment. And that's really the ultimate in showing self-compassion. A thousand percent. It's, it, it blows my mind sometimes at what we will, and I say we because I'm certainly guilty of it too, what we will spend our money on. 
Yeah. Without thinking too much, too hard about it. And then what we want. Yeah. And, you know, we think about how much a latte from Starbucks, for example, how much that adds up to if we're doing that every day. Right. Right. And it seems like little, but over the course of a year, that's that's quite a bit of money. But then when it comes to investing in a, well, a coaching program <laughs> that's going to be transformational, that's going to literally change the trajectory of your entire life, that your health is at stake here, your, your happiness, having a meaningful life, discovering your purpose, being able to become the inspiration, become the change that you want to see in the world. There's nothing that is more powerful than that. And there's nothing that makes a better investment. No. Than that. Exactly. Exactly. Life is so freaking short. <laughs> it really is. It really is. I blinked and I turned 48, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know where all that time went, it, but it just proves that life is so short. So get it right. Get it right, people. just like that. Just tell yourself to get it right and then get it right. Tell yourself to get it right. (laughs) Simple as that. Yes. No, such good strategies. Stephanie, thank you for putting those together. Yeah, you're welcome. And I have a question for you. Yes. Moving forward, what are you going to do to continue your self-compassion even as you start to get back into, you know, all the work and the everyday stressors that are going to still be there? Yeah. What what changes are you going to make moving forward? Yeah, so I've actually kind of put a schedule into place. I'm not I I'm very type B, so I let things flow. <laughs> but I've kind of I've really started being very protective of my time. And I love my life. I mean, I really love how full it is. But when I stop thinking about it being full, and when I start feeling resentment creep in, then that's when I know that I've I've really crossed my own boundary. And so I, I've really set up a morning routine that's going to allow me to really focus in on how I'm feeling and checking in with myself. And I am quitting my day, my day job, my, my work hours sometimes bleed over. And there are sometimes I cannot do anything about that. I, I, this is what I signed up for, but there are many days that I've worked over and I didn't need to work over. And so I'm going to be very protective of that time. And I'm going to say no a whole lot more than I have been. So those are the things I have in place. And I'm going to take a vacation in November. <laughs> I'm going to hold you to it. Yep. Except, except when you say no to me and then I'm not going to hold you to it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's always the way it is, right? <laughs> <laughs> except just don't say no to me. No. <laughs> totally kidding. Totally kidding. You guys. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I love you. I'm so glad you're back. I, I yeah. really missed you. I love you too. I missed you too. All right, you guys, we're going to wrap it up there. Share in our Empowered Vegan Life group. Uh, we'll put the, the link to join in our show notes. We've got a phenomenal community there of mm. over 6,000 people now. Yeah, we're, we're, we're about to reach our 6,000 mark. We're about to have a party. So nice. join now. Uh, and if you like this podcast, definitely share it with the people that you care about, the people that you love. There's something in it for everyone. Yeah. All right, guys, until next time. Until next time. 